Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to be together this morning. Like Brian said, my name is Kent. Uh, I am on staff of the church, creative arts director and worship director. But every once in a while, I get these opportunities to share with all of you. And so excited to, to do it this morning and want to say welcome. Also want to welcome everybody who's on campus. They're, uh, they're joining us via live stream this morning. So welcome. We're glad to have you with us this morning, too. Uh, and for all of us, if you've been with us, you know that we are continuing this series this morning that we have called The Art of Love. And really the hope uh, with this series would be that we would just kind of let God into all of our romantic relationships and sort of redefine them, right? And, and our goal has been that as we do that, man, we really think that we're going to discover this sort of lasting love that the Bible talks about, this love that really is better defined as, as more of an art than it is a science. Uh, and so like Brian said, we've already talked about attraction in week one, and, and that was good. And then after that, last week, we talked about marriage, and, and that was great. Next week, we're going to talk about sex, so you don't want to miss that. I'm really glad that I don't have to give the sex talk. Someone else will talk about the birds and the bees with you guys, so that'll be good. Uh, so don't miss that. But this week, like Brian said, we're going to talk about dating. Uh, so I'm excited to do it. Uh, if, if, you know, typically dating isn't talked about all that often in churches, and, and the reason for that is really that the Bible doesn't talk about dating at all. In fact, right now, if you were to open up your Bible and you were to scroll through the whole thing, you wouldn't find the word dating on a single page of the Bible. And the reason for that is that the concept of dating didn't even exist in biblical times. And so because of that, people make these massive assumptions, right? On, one, on the one hand, you have people who say, you know, uh, dating, it's not in the Bible, and so it must be bad. You know, we, we've got guys like Josh Harris who wrote this book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And so you have those people, and then on the other side, you have people who say, no, 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 dating is not bad. Dating is just, it's kind of a jump ball, right? Since it's not in the Bible, I can kind of decide how I want to date, and it's, and it's sort of up to me. Uh, but what we want to suggest this morning is that even though the Bible doesn't directly mention dating, that there's a whole lot in the Bible that directly applies to our dating relationships. There's just no way of getting around it, right? If you read the Bible for any amount of time, it, pretty, pretty quick you're going to discover something that can apply to your dating relationships. So we're definitely going to look at the Bible this morning, and, and it's going to be good. Um, but before we dive into that, just a little bit about me. Uh, like Brian said, I am fresh out of the dating scene. I've been married for just, uh, just under a year now. It'll be a year in October. Um, oh, wow, thank you. Um, my wife's name is Lauren. I got a picture of us I wanted to show you guys. So this is us on our wedding, obviously super excited. It was just jumping. I felt like I was lighter than air for the full, the full day, right? It was just so good. Uh, trying to get some brownie points this morning because my wife is here. Uh, but looking back, there's really been several times when I've felt this way, right, where I felt like I was just kind of like floating. And, and one of those moments was when we had our first DTR, if you don't know what a DTR is, that means define the relationship, right? So I remember when we had our first DTR, and I was sitting next to Lauren, and I was really, really nervous, and I was thinking about all this stuff that I had heard, and I'm like, how do I ask this girl to be my girlfriend? And on the one hand, I'm like, I want this to be romantic, you know? And, and, but I also wanted to know that I'm serious, right? I want it to be intentional. And then I'm like, well, and do we have to talk about, like, making it Facebook official? And, like, do I need to, like, talk to all of her friends and all this stuff before we date? And it was just really confusing. And in the midst of that, Lauren just looked at me, and she goes, hey, are you nervous? And I was like, yep. And she was like, it's okay. I'm nervous, too. And I'll never forget when she said that, because in that moment, it was like this weight just lifted off of my shoulders, and I felt like, like I could just relax, you know what I mean? And all the pressure was off. And so obviously, eventually, I found my game, and, and we had our DTR, and I felt like I was floating again because it all, it all went well. But I share that story with you this morning 
Because what I want to do for all of us today is what Lauren did for me on that day. And I want to kind of take the pressure off, right? I want to take the pressure off because really we live in this culture and in this world that's just constantly giving us information about, about dating, right? There's just, there's stuff everywhere. It's like this big tornado. And, and if we're not careful, it's kind of like drinking water from a fire hose, right? It's just way too much too fast, right? And we get confused. But the church should not be that way, right? Like, like if you're new and you're kind of just checking the church out right now, we're really glad that you're here this morning. One of the things you should know about a relationship with God is that it is so much better than just a whole bunch of complicated information, right? Jesus didn't come and say, I, you know, I want to make you guys really, really smart. No, he came and he said, I, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so really, my hope this morning is, is that we could kind of take our, our attention and take our focus off of all this complex sort of information about dating that we've heard in the world, and we'll put it onto the Bible. And I think when we do that, what we're going to discover is this, and this is the big idea, so you can write this down. It's that the art of dating is more about God than it is about us. If you don't remember anything else I say this morning, remember that, that the art of dating, it's more about God than it is about us. And so I'm excited to unpack that. Um, I think if you're here and, and you're someone who's single, there's going to be a ton that, that applies to you. I think if you're dating, hopefully there'll be something that applies. This is all really for the season of life that you're in. But two, if you're married, uh, you know, we're still called to date our spouses. So I think there's going to be things for you this morning as well. Um, so I'm going to jump in, but quick clarifier before I do. Uh, contrary to what Brian said, I am not a dating expert, right? I'm not like Dr. Phil or anything like that. So just, just know that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make three points that I think I've seen throughout the pages of the Bible and really just share a few things uh, that I've done wrong uh, with hopes that, that you guys won't make some of those same mistakes. Uh, so that's what we're going to do this morning. Like I said, I'm going to make three points, so feel free to, to take notes in your handouts or just follow along on the screens. So uh, we're going to dive in. So here we go. Point number one is put your relationship with God before your dating relationships. Put your relationship with God before your dating relationships. And so here I want to talk about this idea of soulmates. If you've ever seen a Disney movie, you know what a soulmate is, right? But basically, if you don't have any idea right now, what a soulmate is, is it's this idea that somewhere out there, somewhere over the rainbow, there exists a person that will make my soul complete, right? If you've ever seen Jerry Maguire, you know those famous words that Tom Cruise said, right? You complete me. Or you've, if you've ever seen a rom-com, you're familiar with this idea. But I wanted to talk about this classic example, and I've talked about it before. It's a show that I wouldn't recommend any of us watch, and it's the show The Bachelor. Uh, and unfortunately, I've, I've seen little bits and pieces, enough to kind of know how to describe what this show is all about. And, and really what it is, is it's, it's about this one guy who dates a whole bunch of girls at the same time, and uh, at the end of the show, he, he basically decides who he wants to marry or who he wants to give his rose to or something like that. And, and so once he decides, all of these other girls uh, go home, right? And when they go home, they're just crushed, right? And they say things like, oh, but, but he was my soulmate. What am I going to do? You know what I mean? What's wrong with me? They say all this stuff. And we watch this show and for a lot of us, I think we, you know, we just think it's funny or, you know, we, we like to make fun of it or whatever, and that's a sermon for another day. But we watch this show, but I, honestly, what I think is, I think for many of us, our lives don't look too different than, than the characters on this show, right? Because for some of us, we hop from relationship to relationship, from person to person, looking for our ultimate value and looking for our ultimate worth, and then sometimes it doesn't work out. 
and we're left broken, and we're left looking uh, for our value and worth, right? We're trying to pick up the pieces. And I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything. I know that, that breakups are, are hard. I've, I've been dumped before. It's, it's definitely not easy. But what I want to say to all of us this morning is that looking for our ultimate value and worth in another person, man, it doesn't work because that's only found in God, right? Our value and worth cannot be found completely, ultimately, in another person because it's only found in God. In the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, very beginning of the scriptures, Genesis 1, verse 27, it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And many of us have read that passage before, and I think it's really easy to miss its significance, but there's a whole lot in there, right? It's this idea that we were all made, whether you're a guy in here or a girl, we were all made in the image of God. It's this concept called the Imago Dei, right? And it points to this incredible reality that you have intrinsic value just because God made you, right? Before you were in a relationship with that guy, before he gave you any, any compliments, you know, before you were in a relationship with that girl, before you ever did anything good or bad, you had intrinsic value just because God made you and there's nothing you can do or nothing you have done in your past that can ever change that. Man, that is good news this morning. And I think for some of us, we need to take some time and reflect on that, right? Because we're hopping from relationship to relationship, switching our Facebook status, snip, snap, like back and forth over and over again, right? Looking for our, our value in another person, and it doesn't work. We need to put our relationship with God first. And I know that means for some of us, like, not dating for a while, right? And I think that's scary because it's like, well, then I might be lonely. Listen, I think some of us, we treat singleness like it's like a dirty word or like a disease, right? It's like you go to the doctor and he's like, what's wrong with you? Well, I think I have singleness. And uh, like he's going to give us something or, or whatever. But, but listen to this. Like some people are actually single by choice, right? In fact, some people choose to be single for the long haul. In the Bible, the Apostle Paul talks about it, and he actually encourages it, says that if you're single for the long haul, this actually will give you more time to serve in the church. It's crazy, I know. And we need to treasure our time of singleness, no matter how long that lasts for you. Because it's an opportunity to put our relationship with God first, to let Him define who we are, to focus on Him. Man, God made us. We have intrinsic value. There's so much to learn from our relationship with God. And it doesn't only apply to singles, right? If you're here and you're married, man, just think about this. How much better would your relationship with your spouse be if instead of putting this pressure on them to complete you, you went to God first? right? And you have this, this unshakable confidence in who God says that you are. How much better would you be able to love your spouse? How much better would you uh, be able to go to them and be freed up to love them better, right? We have intrinsic value just because God made us. And whatever season of life we're in, we need to take time to remember that. We need to put our relationship with God before our other relationships. So that's point number one. Um, if you're taking notes, here comes point number two. Uh, it's this. It's date intentionally. Date intentionally. And uh, by this, what I mean is that on some level in our dating relationships, we need to have the goal of marriage in the back of our heads. On some level. I'm not saying like on the first date you need to be like, hey, what side of the bed do you want to sleep on? Or like, will you meet my parents? Or anything like that, because that would be weird, right? We can date without like being explicit and saying, hey, I want to marry you, because that you're probably not going to have a second date in that scenario, right? But I'm just saying... 
we need to be intentional, right? And I want to unpack what I mean in a couple different ways. I want to talk about sport dating or recreational dating, and maybe you've heard of that. And then I also want to talk about long-term dating and what I mean by that. So I'm going to talk about both of them. So first off, sport dating, uh, it's basically this idea where you just kind of date for the sport of it right? Or you're just dating to date or like dating to get another notch in your belt, right? And, and it's kind of, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about, but just to kind of unpack it, there's a song that I think sort of displays this idea really, really well. It's by this guy named Frankie Ballard called Young and Crazy. I got a picture of it. Yeah, there's a little Frankie right there. Uh, I'm not going to pick on him too much, but, but here's this song, Young and Crazy. Here's the lyrics to it. It says, one day I'll slow it way down, Spend my weekends in a swing out on the wraparound. But these days I'm on a mission to get these wild oats out of my system. Yeah, I might stay out all night. I got to do a little wrong so I know what's right. I want to sit out on the porch telling stories about my glory days when I'm pushing 80. Yeah, how am I ever going to be old and wise if I ain't ever young and crazy? All right. Some of you guys know it. That's awesome. Well, hey, it makes a great country song, doesn't it? But man, it's really, really bad advice, right? If we live our lives young and crazy, it's not going to lead to being old and wise. It's going to lead to being old and crazy, right? (laughs) Or at best, old and wounded, right? That's just the reality. And the reason I know that is because someone who is old and wise, there's a pastor down south named Manny Stanley. He said this, that right now, I don't know if you know this, right now you are in the present. And eventually our present is going to become our past. And over time, your past has this pesky way of showing up in your future, some of you guys get it. Okay, our, our, our present will become our past, and our past will eventually show up in our future. Isn't that true? Like, real wisdom doesn't come from just living in the moment, right? James, the brother of Jesus, gives great advice on this. And just quick sidebar about James. Uh, James was Jesus' brother, and he believed that he was the Son of God, right? This is enough reason for us to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, right? What would it take for your brother to convince you that he was the Son of God, you know, he'd probably have to rise from the dead, wouldn't he? And that's what happened with James. He didn't believe in Jesus, and then he, he saw his brother risen from the dead. Anyway, so that James says this in James 3.17. He says, But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. He gives this list of wisdom that is from above, right? And it's, it's all these different things that honestly aren't just going to show up in your life if you live young and crazy, right? You don't just automatically become pure and peaceable and all those things. Those things come over time as we intentionally invite God into our lives and into our relationships. And we need to be intentional. Our relationships need to be less about what makes me happy, what gives me comfort, what gives me satisfaction in the moment, And they need to be more about, man, what does God say? What does God say about my ultimate satisfaction? And if I'm, you know, if I'm being realistic, probably there aren't many of us in the room right now who would say, yep, I'm a sport dater. You know, I'm just dating, date. Like, probably not a lot of us would say that, but there might be some of us in this other camp. uh, And so I want to talk about that too. And it's this camp of long-term dating. And I'm not picking on, like, anybody for dating for a long period of time. I'm definitely not talking about that. Um, I'm talking about dating without any real goal, any real long-term goal in mind. And I want to give an example that, from my own life that, that I'm not really that proud of. Um, but way before I met Lauren, back in high school, I dated this girl. And the relationship started off really, really intentional, 
right? I asked her if she was a Christian. She said yes. She asked me if I was. I said yes. And we're like, all right, let's check that awkward box and never talk about it again. And so we moved on in the relationship, right? And at first, everything was great because there was chemistry and like we liked the same music and it was fine. But then after about two years, we realized, man, we should probably start talking about things that we really care about, right? We should get a little below the surface. And when we did that, it became really apparent that that conversation we had at the beginning of the relationship didn't cover all of our bases, right? And it became apparent that we were headed in two separate directions. And because of that, we probably needed to to break up, right? But instead of doing that, because breaking up is hard, we decided, nah, let's just kind of gloss over that. We'll put that on the back burner, and we'll just, we'll kind of keep moving forward, boyfriend and girlfriend, for a longer period of time. And so as we did that, we just grew apart emotionally. And because we felt the fact that we were growing apart emotionally, we decided, well, let's increase our physical connection, right? We don't feel close emotionally, so let's get really, really physical because that'll at least make us feel close, medicating on the physical to compensate for the fact that we weren't feeling close emotionally. And this carried on for five years, five years of my life until eventually we both decided, hey, you know, enough is enough, and we, we both went in our separate directions mutually. And so now it's, it's 10 years later, and we're both married to, to different people. And, and I share that story just to emphasize the point that, man, we need to be intentional, right? If you're in a relationship and at some point you realize you're walking in a separate direction, or if you don't have a goal in mind, man, you need to back out of that relationship because you might be dating someone else's future husband or somebody else's future wife. And we need to be intentional with who we date. And I don't know your particular story, uh, you know, and, and I know sometimes we kind of try to explain, well, you know, you don't understand my particular relationship, you know, and if you saw the way that we love, you know, no one's ever loved like us before, you know, like our relationship's different. I think we found a loophole and we're responsible and all this stuff. Man, listen, it's really not that complicated, you know, like we need to take our, our, our minds and our, all this stuff off of our own like unique circumstances and we need to invite God into that. And you're right, I don't know your your specific circumstances. I'm just saying, what if we invited God intentionally into our relationships? What would he say about where we're at right now? So that's point point number two. Um, I'm going to move on to point number three. And it says, it's pursue God's wisdom. Pursue God's wisdom. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, there are a lot of just things in the Bible that aren't directly mentioned, you know? And so in these situations, like, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about like, like computers or the internet, right? But it talks a lot about our purity, right? So that, that's going to affect how we behave on the internet and with computers, right? So that's, that's just the way the Bible is a lot of the times. Um, so in those situations, we need to pursue God's wisdom. And God's wisdom really comes from two different places. One, it comes from the Bible, right? Places that indirectly address those issues, And two, it comes from other people, wise people that we invite to speak into our lives uh, to point us towards the godly uh, direction that we need to be pointed towards. So we need to pursue God's wisdom in our life. But I think oftentimes, instead of doing that, we just kind of play with fire, right? Instead, we'd kind of just, we'd rather play with fire. And I want to give you a quick example that one of my friends used to give. And uh, I've experienced this a lot, so I feel comfortable sharing it as well. Um, But as someone who works with a lot of college students, a lot of the times I'll get guys coming up to me and saying things like, hey, I need to talk to you. Like, I I just want to let you know, like, 
was a total accident, but me and my girlfriend, like, we went too far last night. And we, you know, we messed up. We made some mistakes physically. And I'm like, oh, gosh, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. I understand that. Like, what, like, what happened? Like, I don't know. It was a total accident. You know, all I did was invite her over to my place, and, you know, we lit some candles and watched the notebook and opened up some wine, and then it just happened. Like, I don't know how it just happened, right? And it's like, come on. You know, you don't just slip on a banana peel and then, and then it happens, you know what I mean? Like, you've made several decisions, decisions along the way that were unwise to put you in this situation, right? But we do that all the time. We need to be wise. Listen, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, in the Bible, Proverbs 6, 27 and 28, he says this. He said, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? The implication there is rarely, right? Some of us are like, well, I've seen someone walk across coals and what if his pants were really thick, right? No, no, no. The implication is if you scoop fire under your lap, chances are you're probably going to get burned, right? It's probably going to happen. Uh, but for some of us, instead, we'd, we'd rather play with fire. Guys, we need to be wise. And what I'm thankful for is that at some point in our relationship, Lauren and I invited some godly people in, and we asked them to speak into where our boundaries were, and they helped us figure all this stuff out. And I think that's what we need to, new, need to do. And if you don't know what a boundary is, man, uh, here's what it is. This is worth the price of admission this morning, just this. Like, uh, what a boundary is, is it's literally, if you picture a guardrail on the highway, like, that's what a boundary is, right? It's designed to keep a car from going off of the edge, right? And so for some of us, with our, with our guardrails, we set them right on the edge of the cliff, right? We say, well, I'm a Christian, and so my girlfriend and I, we're not going to have sex. And that's our boundary, right? And so we spend our lives going right up to the edge of the cliff. And then sometimes, if we do cross that boundary, then we crash and burn, right? The car goes right over the edge of the cliff. And so what I want to suggest we do with our boundaries is we, we move them from right on the edge of the cliff to maybe 10 feet, off of the edge, or maybe 20 for some of us, or 30 feet, right? So when you do inevitably drive through those boundaries, you don't crash, right? And you don't go off the edge. I'm so thankful for the boundaries that Lauren and I put in our life when we were dating, right? It has blessed our marriage a ton. It's blessed our marriage a ton. And if you're here and, and you're married this morning, uh, Good news, obviously, the, those boundaries are off. You know that, right? Praise, praise Jesus for that. Uh, so, but we still need to have boundaries, right? Don't we? Like, we still need to have, like, emotional boundaries, you know? We need, to guard, we need to guard our thoughts. We need to be careful with who we spend time with, you know? We need to check our emotions, check our feelings, so that we can give our very best to our spouse. You know, every so often I'll hear, hear these stories, and, and it breaks my heart to hear stories of these, these pastors, right, who, who have these emotional affairs, you know? It's not like a physical affair or anything, but they're just emotionally absent in their relationship with their wives, right? But then they're really close to these certain people in the church, right? But if we have boundaries, man, we can, we can literally save our very best for our spouse. As we need to have boundaries, we need to be wise. It's not necessarily a sin thing. It's just a wisdom thing. We need to be wise. And so here's what I want to say with all this. That's my, my Dr. Phil advice for us this morning, those three points. And as I share those, I know that it probably lands in a, in a, a bunch of different places in a room this size. You know, I think some of us are probably like, well, I've already driven over the cliff many times. You know, my car is at the bottom of the hill. It's on fire. You know, like, like I've already messed up, so what can I do, you know? Like, I want to say it's not too late for you. 
you know, it's not too late. We serve a loving God. There is so much grace for us, for every person in this room this morning. There is so much grace. And so I want to close this morning by, by saying this. You know, at the beginning, I, I talked about this DTR that I have with, with Lauren, right? And I think on, on some level, we all kind of long to have these DTR moments, don't we? We long to hear someone else say, you know, you're special to me, or you're the most important person in my life, or I love you, I want to be with you forever, right? We hear that and we're like, oh, if someone would say that to me. And I think the reason is, is it points to this deeper desire that God has given all of us to have relationship with him. That in a sense, the most important DTR you'll ever have is your DTR with God. So the question I want to ask you and leave you with today is how would you define your relationship with God? How would you define that relationship? I think for some of us this morning, if we were to really think about it, man, we've, we've kind of pushed God to the side in our relationships, right? We've pushed him to the back burner. We haven't factored him in. And maybe for others of us, maybe we've never really had a relationship with God. Man, whatever it is for you, I just want you to know that, that, that it's, not, it's not too late, right? That God still loves you, right? That there, there's still hope. Romans 5.8, right? It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. It wasn't just lip service, right? He demonstrated it for us that while we were still sinners, it could say, while you were still making those mistakes in your relationship, Right? or while you weren't prioritizing your spouse, while whatever it was, fill in the blank, while that was going on, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And God's already made the first move. So how will we respond this morning? How will we respond? So I want to wrap things up. Um, what we're going to do right now, um, I'm going to pray in a second, and I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and we're going to just sing three songs. And I just want to invite you to respond during these songs. And, and the way I want to invite you to do that is through taking communion. Um, and really, this is just an opportunity for you to, to respond to the fact that God has already made the first move, right? That Jesus went to the cross on your behalf and died for you. And this is a time, if you are a believer, to remember all that God has done for you. So I'm going to invite us to do that. I'm going to pray right now and invite the band to come back up and, and we'll worship together. So let's pray.